I think every time for any of us, every time that we hear that sicha, it's, you know, I, I, it occurred to me today that how many sichas that we heard from the Rebbe, it's always, it's a yantif, it's a chassidish yantif, it's some special day, some special occasion. And the different things that the Rebbe said on all of those different times, I think that this particular sicha, it's not that the day was a day that we had marked before. It's not that it was uh, some event that happened. The event of Chav Nissen is the sicha of Chav Nissen. And uh, last year it was 30 years, this year it's 31 years, but last year in trying to like frame it, um, there were certain things that jumped out to me personally, and I, and I, I heard similar ideas from others. Our topic tonight, I understand from our, our flyer, we're trying to explore our ability to influence. And it's interesting, of course, that we're, we're tying it to Chavchas Nissen and to this Sicha and to the um, impact that it has had on us and that it needs to have on us going further. So I'd like to set out a couple of points and then tie them together in the time that we have. A little, a, a little boy, a child of Shluchen, years ago, he was in the uh, Hebrew school that his parents had established, and uh, not all of the teachers were Lubavitcher teachers. And one was an exchange student from Israel, from, but definitely not Chabad, but he was talking to the children. They were learning about Parshish Lech Lecha and Bayera, Chayesara, and he was talking to the children each week about Avram Avinu. And this little boy is sitting there, six years old, and he hears all of these things about Avram Avinu, and he says to the teacher, was Avram Avinu a Lubavitcher? And the teacher, not being a Lubavitcher, he said he just, he, he didn't have the heart to say, how could he say no? So he said, that's a very good question. You'll have to ask your, uh, your, day, your, your weekday teacher, who happened to be his wife, but that was how he, he got out of it. Was Avram Avinu Lubavitcher? We talk about influencers, and there's a lot of talk today about how, you know, the influence of one person and social media and so on and so forth. But the one who's called the individual, the one, the single person, he wasn't the head of a corporation, an organization, a movement, he was one person. And that's Echad Hayavram. And then together with Sarah, so it was the two of them, but it was Echad, they were just, they were individuals. So when we think about our own ability to influence, um, I don't think we're focusing on a, um, some kind of a public relations course and communications and how to be an effective communicator. Those are all important skills. That's not what we're looking at. For us, the question goes much deeper. Was Avram Avinu Lubavitcher? Are we? There was a shliach a few years ago in a hotel in Israel in the elevator with a number of other guests. Um, including some, several Americans who were in the hotel. And, and uh, somebody said to him, uh, what do you do? And he said, I'm a shliach for Chabad. 
And uh, okay. And one of the other guests, the elevator staff, one of the other guests was walking out all clean shaven, you know, not clearly not a group of chassidim. One of the guests was walking out and he said to him, you are a shliach of the Lubavitcher Rebbe and don't forget that. Echad when, when the Rebbe, when we asked the Rebbe personally for, for shlichas, there was the answer that the Rebbe gave us, referring us to the mesa that had been established for shlichas. You want shlichas, this is where you go. And yet the Rebbe showed us over and over again that the title shliach must be, can I say, democratized. There is a need a privilege, a responsibility for every single one of us, every single Yid, certainly every single Lubavitcher, to be that Echad Hayavran, to be that influencer. But you have to have, what are you influencing? What are we saying? One of the phrases that jumps out at me from this very, very painful Sicha, and that ever talks about the goals that continues till now, that we're still in Golis. We're in a personal Golis, in our own service of Hashem. When we're talking about bringing Mashiach, if we want to be able to be effective influencers in the world, to make this world a place that will, that should, that must welcome Mashiach, we need by definition to look inside into what the Rebbe described as the Golas Hapnimi. And that's part of what we do in order to be able to influence others. And I want to look at a few dates and I see a pattern of highs and I don't want to call it lows, but in a way, yeah. And things that feel so empowering and things that are like, oh, that's hard, that's tough. I don't remember a little over 40 years ago when the Rebbe said that Sikha, I don't remember hearing anything about it at the time. Um, I probably did. It was a sicha that the Rebbe spoke about the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Rebbe, who was born in 1860. And now, listening to that sicha a few weeks ago, that sicha could have been spoken to us today, now. And it's from over 40 years ago. And the Rebbe is speaking almost in a, there's a, a sadness in a way. There's kind of like a, the Rebbe is, it, it, there's pain. He's speaking about the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab. And the Rebbe is reflecting the perspective of what seems to me to be a jaded young person talking about the birthday of somebody who was born across the ocean over 100, 120 years ago, what difference should it make in my life? 
yes, he's a, I know he's a very great soul. I know that he had a very great influence and he knew so much and the Shema Klolis. But what does it have to do with my life today, living here in Brooklyn? And with great empathy, the Rebbe is talking about how this young person born 120 years after the Rebbe Hashab can, what are the, the processes, the things that he can do so that that day and that person, the, the connection that he will have to a Rebbe that he never saw, how that can be a real thing. And the Rebbe uses the word Sinai in there. He'll come to Sinai. And that's a theme that comes to us over and over. It shouldn't be like things that happened, you know, many, many years ago. These things should be for you today on your heart. So in that sikha that Rebbe describes, how do you do that? How do you make it real for something that happened so much before your life? How do you make that real? In the sikha of Chavchas Nisim, there are many, you know, if you, I, I felt last year that if you, there were almost like bookends of the first sikha that the Rebbe said, Yud Tavshin when the Rebbe officially accepted the, the leadership of Chabad, and 30 years later on Chav Ches Nisim. The, at that first sikha, the Rebbe is talking about, you have a mission to do. You need you need to all of the uh, the things that are expected. If you don't think that you can just go now, that there's you you appointed someone. He didn't use the term rebbe, but that's you appointed someone, and now you can go live your nice life, a firm life, a religious life, an, an observant life. But you can live your own personal quiet life. Don't think you can do that. And referring back to the whatever shlichus and missions that were given to you by the Friedrich Rebbe, those are all still here, and then what I feel is the understatement of history, whatever I can do to help, I won't be stingy about helping you. And then 30 years later, and the Rebbe says to us, I gave you everything. I gave you everything you need to do the job. But there, where is the pain? There are so many things in the Sikha, there is so the threads that we heard all of the years. Where is the, what, what is the pain about? Because, in, in the Hayyam Yayim of the day before the Rebbe said that sikha of Chavav Nisan, there's discussion about the, it's from the same, the, the, the Pashen, the, the, the Kain Gadol, there's discussion about, you know, putting on the, the things that are given from above, but you have to wash off the dirt yourself. There are the things, and it was a word that the Rebbe used at the beginning and here again, you have to do it. There's so much that's given to us, but we have to show up in our own lives. And the huge agency, that's, that's the word that we're using in 2022, the, the, the empowerment, we, we, it, it's all there. But we have to show up. We have to take initiative. We have to take responsibility. And we have clear guidance, but we have to do it. And it can be very discouraging. And so we have, from just a few days before that, the, the Hayyem Yem from Chav Gimel Nisan. Um, yeah, from Chav Gimel Nisan, where the Rebbe is speaking about Mashiach. And that, Pes that Pesach in general, it's cheris, it's freedom, it's, it's uh, 
going over obstacles, just, you know, incredibly. And, and then we fall into the world. We come from the high of Pesach and we fall into the world. But what do we have on Achen Shel Pesach? The last day of Pesach, that's Mashiach. That's the day of Mashiach. And the Kayach of Mashiach, of bringing Mashiach, of Mashiach coming into this world, that knowledge gives us the ability to go into the world. So we have that high of Pesach and then, whoa, here comes the world, here comes the summer with all of its added challenges and Mashiach gives us the ability. How does Mashiach give us the ability to go into the world? So I wanted, I want to, to um, focus on, on two things. One, just very briefly to say that for a whole month now, we've been like in a bubble. No Tachnun, no the, the, um, the sadness associated with that, and Yantif, and Pesach, and, and, and hi, hi, hi. And now and it's Rishchidosh. And what happens after Rishchidosh? It's the first day that we go into normal life. We're coming from Pesach, like from Achron Pesach, we go into the, uh, into the world, and but after Rishchidosh, it's like full force. What do we fall right into? L'chatchila river, the birthday of the Reb Maharash. Keep your eye on the goal. And I want to close with this idea that when we look at Pesach, and for us as women, this is something that is extremely relevant and in this context, probably more than, than any other context or time. Famously, we're taught, that it was the merit of the righteous women of that generation. It wasn't one or two, although there were exceptional women, but it was a whole generation of women. And because of those women, we merited to leave Egypt. You look at the Shira, you look at the song that Meshra Benu sang, after the Yamsuf, after the Yidden came through. It's long, it's poetic, it's beautiful. And then followed by that is the Song of Miriam. It's short, two lines. People who just look at the surface of things say, ah, oh, you see, it's not fair. The men have a long song. We have two lines. Whatever answered that before it was asked probably because their emotions were so much deeper. They suffered so much more, so much of the oppression of Mitzrayim was focused on children without going into all the horrible details, but the mothers as mothers felt it more and therefore their simcha was greater. And therefore, they didn't have a lot of words to say. Deep feelings don't come out in words easily. But they danced. And they had instruments. Because yet in Egypt, even though they were suffering, and even though it was difficult, they lived with that paradox. It wasn't just that they took out instruments just before they left. That's that's like the tip of the iceberg of what they did. 
They lived happily, happy lives. They didn't just go about their day-to-day tasks. Okay, we have to do this. They lived happy lives. How did they do that? How were they able to overcome the oppression of spirit, the oppression physically, emotionally? How were they able to look at life in a positive way? They were happy women. And they wanted their husbands to be happy. And they wanted to have happy children. How did they do that? I, I think the, the, the key is understanding what lens did they choose to look at life? And maybe that will help us so that we can leave our inner goals and enable those around us to do the same thing. They never let go of the promise they were given that they are going to come out of Mitzrayim. They made all of their life decisions and all of their choices on the basis of that. We want to have the children who are going to leave Mitzrayim. They didn't look with Egyptian eyes. They didn't look with the the perspective of the culture around them. They chose the lens, not of the present, not even of the past. They chose the lens of the future. We We will leave Mitzrayim and we want to have the children who will leave Mitzrayim. And I think this is what we're being given. This, as women, our our task right now is to be able to look at our lives now through the lens of Mashiach. The world is going to be, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. It's going to all of the, everything, happy, healthy, whole, that the, the, the spiritual music that's playing that most of the world doesn't hear, everybody will hear it. That's how we look at our lives now. And that's how we make the decisions of what, what's important to us now and how, what we have to, to work on now. And it's true. Keep your eye on the goal. Don't, let, don't lose sight of that. But we're also counting sphera. We're counting day by day. If we're counting up to Mitzrayim, why don't we count to, I'm sorry, counting up to Matantero, Giving the receiving the Torah, Hashem giving us the Torah. Why weren't the Yidden counting down? How many more days to go? Why are we counting the days that we already had? And that's a lesson for us also. Because when you have a lot to accomplish, it can be overwhelming. And I'm not doing all that great. Counting one day and another day and another day. Don't forget about the good things that you have done. Don't be overwhelmed by what you didn't do yet. Don't lose sight of the things that we have done. Keep your eye on the, on the prize, your eye on the gold, the the image of Mashiach, the world with Mashiach. And in each place, in each situation, in each family, in each relationship, the how we influence, how we influence is going to be different depending on all of that. But if we start with understanding that when we can leave our own inner goals by making sure that we have that connection that keeps us focused, our connection to the Rebbe, 
And that sicha, I just want to come back to it for a second. That sicha from Chav Cheshvin Tavshin Mem, 1980. It's the steps that you do so that what feels remote is not remote. How you make it yours, how you have that connection. We build that in ourselves simultaneously with sharing it with others and sharing always from first from a place of love, from a place of connection, from a place of respect. And um, the Evishter should help that long before Rosh Chedesh is over, we should talk to the Evishter said it's uh, one of the, the Karbanis of of Rishchedesh Havei Alaychatas Al Shemiyatati Hasalavana that the Ebrister asks Yidden to be mechaper for him on the pain of the Levana being small, which is the core of all of the suffering in Gullus. That one day it'll all be fixed, and until that day happens, the Ebrister is counting on us to bring his carbon chattas for the suffering in the world, to do everything that we can to take that down, to make it less, to make it good. And that, uh, that we should, we should, and uh, dance together.